This Wagway, suffering women alive for God. Thank you for joining this podcast to support you in your faith walk, your struggles with pain, with loss, or with battles of any kind. Here is Suzanne with her personal reflections and encouragement for today. Shalom, ladies, and welcome to episode six of The Swagway. Welcome to those new listeners. If you haven't joined us before and you want to know a bit more about my story, please go back and listen to episode one of The Swagway and please join us on the Facebook group where we're hoping to be a group of ladies who can support and encourage one another and stay in contact and where you can contact me as well, whether it's on the group publicly or privately, you're welcome to contact me. Thank you to everyone who prayed recently, who answered the prayer request for my friend in South Africa who was really sick. And I'm happy to report that she's out of hospital and she's recovering and doing much better. What a wonderful privilege to have a group of ladies who can come together and pray when it's necessary and we want to stand in for someone. So if there is any specific prayer request that any of you urgently need, please let us know on the group or let me know um, privately on Messenger. And you're welcome to tell me how much or how little of the information you want me to disclose. And I'm happy to put your prayer request on the group as well. So let me know how you are doing, how all of you are doing. Let me know on Facebook. I finally have a voice again. For those of you who haven't seen my post on Facebook, I had a cold and that went into sinusitis and then bronchitis. And I think it probably took me three to four weeks before I've had a voice again. And now it's been such a long time since my last podcast, I feel all the same anxieties and fears of doing this all over again. So this podcast is just a quick share for you, something on my heart that I thought I'd share and mostly just for me to get my courage back and to just get back on track again with doing podcasts. I'm unfortunately not one of those who are made for the stage or made for the microphone. For me, this is a very daunting thing to do. So yeah, let's get into just sharing what I want to share with you today. And hopefully this gets me on track again to brave this podcast world. We've just come back from a lovely weekend away with the family. And it reminded me of so many years ago. Every time with my family, when we used to go on holiday, my husband and I used to have a fight right in the middle of our holiday. And generally, the reason was that we had such high expectations of our holidays or our weekends away. And when it gets time to go on our trips, it's normally a tug of war between the two of us whose needs are going to be met. And especially when you're working hard you need a break and you're feeling dry and empty after months and months of slaving away at your job or raising kids at home and you need a break and you need your tank filled as such, then we want to go on a weekend or a holiday and our needs are important. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I haven't really spoken about that, but I've remarried five years ago. So my husband and I and my two boys and the women in their lives, and my little granddaughter, we all went away for the weekend. And looking back at it now, I think of everyone there, the little two-year-old and all her needs, 
And then my sons who work hard Monday to Friday, long days, and their needs of just wanting a bit of a break. And then my daughter-in-law, with who's the mother of this little two-year-old, maybe just wanting to sleep in a bit in the morning and just have a bit of adult time. Myself, my need, just wanting to spend time with my family. My husband's need, he's a few years older than me, and he's recently had hip replacement surgery. So his needs of being in an environment that's comfortable on his hip and having good sleep and quiet. And then if you think of a weekend like this, we're all away and we're in one cabin together. And then so many times you have this situation, whose need is more important and whose need has to be met first, almost like in a triage situation at a hospital where someone has to decide whose need is more important. And so oftentimes, when we're so desperately in need of something on a breakaway weekend like this, everyone thinks, but my need is first, and my need is more important. And the conflict that often comes from that. My late husband and I eventually, after many a holiday where we had a fight, we realized we have to strategize differently. And before we went away on our trips, we would discuss and share our needs and ask one another, what is your expectation from this holiday or this weekend away? What is it that you really need out of this so that you can come back with a full love tank? And then we would share with one another and make sure that both of us had our needs met. But it also reminded me of a lesson that God taught me when I went to Israel Um, It was in 2014. That was my second trip to Israel. Actually, that is where my current husband and I met one another. And I might tell you a bit more about that on, on another podcast. But the interesting thing relating to this thing of our needs was what happened on that trip. I had gone there with a group from Australia and we went on about a two-week tour of Israel and seeing a lot of interesting places. And, you know, I just went there as a tourist. But before going on this trip, I had the sense that God was telling me that I should stay a few days longer. And when the whole group comes back, that I should stay longer. That was quite daunting for me because I have never stayed on my own in a country before Uh, Albert died, I would always be with him overseas, with my family or with a work group, never on my own. And this time I was there with a group, but if I had to stay on in Israel and the group left, I didn't know where to begin. But I had this clear sense that God wanted me to stay on. And that was when I met my current husband, as I say, but that's a different story. The one I want to share with you today that relates to our needs is what happened when the group left. So I had accommodation in Tiberias for a few days and I was going to join up with a separate small little group. And I had to find my way from Jerusalem where the first tour group ended and they were all on their way to Ben Gurion Airport to fly back to Australia. And I stayed behind at the hotel. I had to find my way to Tiberias on my own. And that meant public transport. And I don't know if some of you have been to Israel before. It's a pretty interesting place, wonderful in a lot of ways, but also challenging in many ways. And it gets a bit crazy at times, especially rush hour. And that day, it was close to rush hour, and I had to go and buy a bus ticket to get to Tiberias. 
Getting a taxi was easy enough from the hotel. So I got a taxi, paid the man, and he took me to the bus station. And because I was a stranger in Jerusalem, literally, I thought it best to arrive way ahead of time. The bus was going to, I can't remember exactly what time, but it was going to be early afternoon. And I arrived at least an hour and a half before the bus was to leave. So I arrived at the bus station, queued, struggled with English, trying to communicate, but I managed to eventually explain, I need a bus ticket to get to Tiberias. So bus ticket in hand, I felt very accomplished, seeing that I had arrived here safely, got my ticket and way ahead of time for the bus to leave. So eventually I found my way over to the specific exit where that bus to Tiberias was going to leave from. And arriving there, we had to queue. And there was, I think, if I remember correctly, there were two other people in front of me because I had arrived so early. And I was, I think, number three in line and comfortably with all my luggage waiting for this bus to arrive. What I did not expect was that this huge queue, the amount of people that arrived and trickled in little by little, and we all formed, you know, they just continued making a queue behind me. And I have this expectation of the moment the bus arrives, the door opens and we all board the bus, right? But that's not really what happened. The moment the bus arrived and it was our time to board the bus and that gate opened for us to go through to where the bus was parked, it was like a stampede. This huge orderly queue of people stampeded through that gate and they threw the luggage onto the bus. You know, those little doors that open at the bottom. It was a stampede. People were racing to chuck their luggage. It wasn't stacked neatly. There was no one to take your bag and pack it. Everyone had to pack their own stuff. There were mothers with prams and bags and people going to Tiberias for the weekend. And they just chucked their luggage in and they stormed to get onto the bus to get a seat. And for me, this was a very odd situation. Um, I stood back and observed and I had this flash going through my head that if I want to get on the bus too, I have to stampede. But then I'm thinking, nah, that's not the way I do things. And surely they all have a ticket, so everyone must have space on the bus. But looking around, and I thought, no, this is not going to work. There's definitely more people here than seats on the bus. But still, I wasn't going to stampede. I will wait and I'll just take my turn. But as expected, when it was my turn, I had to rearrange the luggage in that little holding space under the bus to get my luggage in. And by the time I could get onto the bus, the bus was full. And I had to meet someone at the other end and I couldn't get on the bus. And I'm trying to understand how does this work? And I'm asking around me and no one understands English and I feel lost. What happens when the bus leaves and I haven't gotten on because this ticket is for this bus? Eventually there was a, a young woman who spoke pretty good English and she probably felt sorry for me standing there with all the Israelis around me and looking so confused. And she told me, don't worry, if the bus is full, there's another bus coming after. And that's just how it works. And I was just so shocked that people stampeded like this. And even old ladies and young kids, everyone were pushing the others out of the way to just get onto the bus. 
And there was a time during this that I just, from the panic that I went into, from feeling so comfortable that I was prepared and in line and in time that everything was sorted to the realization that I'm actually not going to get on this bus in time and having to wait a while for another bus and having to contact the person on the other side and it was just all so daunting and I was panicking. And then at some point, I just realized, let it go. And you know that verse where Yeshua says, those who will be first will be last, and those who will be last will be first. And I really heard that verse in my spirit. And I just decided I'm not going to push and shove to be first. I will relax. I will wait my turn and let the others go first. And if it is that I take a second bus, so be it. I will be last and let them have their needs met first. So that's what happened. So I'm standing there and letting everyone else go first. And I think they must have all thought I'm crazy. And um, so there it is. The bus is full and me and quite a few other people are just standing there like lost souls. And then at one point, this friendly young woman that helped me earlier, she got out of the bus, came over to me and said that the bus driver said that everyone who is prepared to get onto the bus and just have standing space, they are allowed to do it. Normally that's not allowed, but this was the end of the day. It was a Friday. Everyone wants to get home to Tiberias before Shabbat starts. So there is this mad rush. So the bus driver said, if you're happy to stand, you can get on the bus. And um, at that stage, everyone was shoving and stampeding again to get onto the bus just to get some standing space. So from being third in line initially to board the bus, by the time I eventually boarded the bus, I was second last and there was just a kid, a young kid behind me. And it was just such a unusual situation for me. So I eventually boarded the bus and now you have to understand how packed this bus is and you can't squeeze in another person where there's a space to stand, there's someone standing and I'm squeezed in and we're standing and the bus starts and it's shaking and I think how am I going to be standing here for the hours it takes to get to Tiberias? How am I ever going to make this? And then the bus driver looked over to that same young woman and he spoke to her in Hebrew, and then she spoke to me and said the bus driver motioned that right in front of the door of the bus, there's a seat that was flipped up. And I'm assuming that's like typically for a tour guide or a conductor, a ticket guy or something. I'm not sure. But there was this flip up seat and the bus driver was motioning in my direction and telling this young lady to tell me that I'm welcome to flip that seat down and sit there if I wanted to. And at that point, for me, that was such a blessing from God, because there was no way I was going to be able to stand all that way. And it was, in a way, an answer to that verse, those who will be last will be first. So eventually, instead of sitting right at the back of the bus, where I would have ended up, I sat right in front on my own with this beautiful view, with this huge bus window right in front of me, and I had like the best seat on the bus. And that's when I realized, you know, when Yeshua says, those who will be last will be first. In this world, when we have our needs, it's so hard 
to not want to say me first, me first, and stampede to have our needs met. Emotional needs, physical needs, spiritual needs. And when I arrived in Tiberias, it was actually my current husband. He was the one that I met then that was picking me up on the other side. I think when he picked me up, he saw how flustered I was and I I couldn't stop talking about this experience I just had. He just laughed and said, ah, so you've experienced the Ani Rashid mentality. Ani means I am in Hebrew and Rashid means first. It's from the Hebrew root Rosh, which means head. So there's this mentality with many people in Israel, or in the world, I should say, that they're stampeding to say, me first, me first. And in the kingdom of God, it's the opposite. It's you first. And when our needs are not being met, and we're hungry and desperate, but someone else has to go first, that's not easy. It's not easy at all. And oftentimes we can get disappointed and stampeded out of the way. But I wanted to encourage you, if there are some of you who don't have your needs met at the moment, I want to tell you that if you can put God's kingdom first and choose to be last and have others' needs met first, then He has made a promise to us that if you are prepared to be last here, then you will be first in his kingdom and ani harosh meaning i am the head if i'm stampeding for my needs to be met first then i am saying that i am the head i'm elevating myself above everyone else and saying i'm the top dog my needs get met first and then we look at yeshua who is the true head of the body of the kingdom of heaven and what did our head? He really was the Harosh. He is the head of the body. And what did he do? He served. The one who is the first became also the last. And he said, I lay my life down for you, for everyone else while they were yet sinners. If we want to be the head, if we want to say, Ani Rashid, me first, we are not being representatives of the kingdom of God. And if we truly want to be the head or have the head be in us, then those who want to be first have to be last. And the one who will be the greatest in the kingdom will be the one who serves. Very important here, though, is if I want my needs met, and we all want our needs met, I can't demand someone else to say, but you have to serve me first if you want to be like God. It's not something I can take from anyone else. I can't go out and say, well, you're a Christian, you're a believer, you should serve me first and put me first. Love is given freely, not by compulsion or manipulation. It is something that we give freely. Yeshua laid down his life freely. It wasn't taken from him. He gave it up. And in the same way, when we have needs that need to be met, and it's wonderful, and God sends many people to fill our needs, but it's theirs to give, not ours to take. And if we serve someone else's needs first, in the same way, 
It's ours to freely give from a willing heart. It's not someone else's to take from you. It's yours to give willingly. If there's anyone that doesn't have their needs met the way they need to, I pray that God will give you the strength that you will lay it down willingly at His feet and trust Him that His promise to you is true. That He says, if you will be last and serve one another, then you will be first in His kingdom. And He is the head of the body, and He's not a man that He shall lie. We can trust him that he will raise us up to be part of the headship. And in the meantime here on earth, if we lay down our position of being head and we're willing to serve, then he will not let us be ashamed or disappointed. So I pray for you in the name of Yeshua. I pray that you will lay down your lives. I pray that we will be servants like Yeshua that we will have a servant heart to say, you first, not me first, you first, Yehovah, you first, Heavenly Father. And where there is a triage that needs to be done when we're a family going away or there's a group of people at work, who goes first, Abba? Show us. I pray that you will lead us by your Holy Spirit and show us who needs to be put first. We had this little two-year-old with us this weekend and it reminds me of Yeshua when he says, bring the little children to me. So who's first in his kingdom? He says, bring the poor, the weak, the hurting, the widows, the orphans, the little kids, the lost, the sinner, the sick ones. That's the ones he came to lay his life down for. And for us to be in his image, those are the people that we put first. We don't put ourselves first. The moment we put ourselves first, we are not serving and we will be first in this world, but we will be last in the world to come. So often I find justifications for why my needs have to be met first. You know, some people might say, but I'm first because I'm the oldest. You know how kids go for the seat in front and say, I drive shotgun because I'm the oldest. Or someone will say, I'm first because I'm the richest. Or I'm first because I have the highest qualification. Or I'm first because I'm the hungriest. I'm first for whatever reason. But the truth of God's kingdom is that it's an upside-down kingdom. And the one who is going to end up first is the one in this world who can put his needs second to God's needs and say, Yehovah, you show me who do I serve today and whose need do I put first. And if I'm prepared to be last, then you will never miss my need and look past me. I will lay it down, but you will pick me up and you will raise me up high. And like God showed me that day with the bus, I was very tempted to stampede and push and shove and also go into a Ani Rashid, me first mentality because I wanted my need met to get to Tiberias fast and comfortably. But he showed me in a very simple and basic way that he can put me first anytime he wants. But what he cannot do, only I can do, is lay my life down and be prepared to be lost and to serve like he served. 
And may he give us the strength and the humble heart that we can serve one another this week. I pray, Jehovah, that you will help us to lay our needs down. It's so hard when we're hungry, yet we make sure someone else dishes up first or eats first. When our needs go unmet, help us that we look to you and that obeying you is food that no one knows of, that you can feed our souls with your love and your presence. Thank you that you put us first by laying your life down while we were yet sinners when there was nothing in us worth loving. I pray that you will help each one of us to be in your image, to serve the way you served us. Thank you that we can know that when we lay our lives down at your promise of your resurrection, you will raise us up to be the head. All praise and glory to you, our Master and our King. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this personal word from Suzanne. This is the podcast of The Swagway, Suffering Women Alive for God. If Suzanne's witness has touched you today, please share with other women who might need encouragement too. Do you have something on your heart? Join The Swagway on social media, Facebook or Gab, where we invite you to share your personal journey with us. We are a growing sisterhood who are prepared to take hands and join hearts as we heal together. Suffering women alive for God, united even in the face of struggle. Until next time, may God bless you in Messiah Yeshua.